Welcome back, listener, to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. Joining you, as always, is me, Gandalf, Nathan Van Horn, and Matt. Thank you guys for being here with us. Uh, always glad to have you guys on the podcast for these 30 minutes of discussing the biblical narrative. And before we get going, listener, before um, too much time has passed, you know exactly what I'm going to ask you. Hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, we're doing better. I, I've been keeping tabs on that huge influx of people that we had who have not yet subscribed to the podcast. That number of you is going down. So the fold is getting larger. The number of people who are subscribed to the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast. So on whatever platform it is you're on, hit the like, the check box, the heart sign, the smiley face, whatever that looks like. That way you're going to get a notification every Tuesday morning when we, when we release a new episode. And also you're going to help us make the podcast bigger, um, gain more descendants of the podcast by allowing the algorithm to spread it farther. Well, so, hey, hey, I will say this. I, uh, I try not to be that self-promoting guy when we're not recording, um, mm-hmm. but my nephew started listening recently. Uh, he's Ooh. on, I think, episode 13 at the time of this recording. So, Dane, if you get this far, shout out from your uh, Uncle Nate uh, or Uncle Nanny, as you called me as a toddler. Um, and my mom became a subscriber to the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast. How about that? Three years later. Um, because I'm the middle child. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm not bringing my issues to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so that guy. Um, so I, are we, are we going to stay the course? We said last week that we were done with 24 after one episode. Is, is that well, actually going to happen? In light of our pre-recording discussions, I feel like we need to keep that oath. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's right. We were done with 23. 23. Yeah, now we're, yeah, we're on to 24. 24. Okay. Yeah. Um, on to 24. So, yes. So today is going to be like this. This episode is so on brand for us because it's a weird topic. Uh, and it's honestly not the main point of this passage, but it's something but it, that we're. But it brings it out. It brings it out, and actually, it's going to sound weird to you folks, but hang with us. I, I have a it's, friend. It's going to bless you. I have a friend who uh, loves to goad me because I'm big into symbolism, and uh, my friend knows that like an easy way to trigger me is to say just a symbol. Uh, and I, and I, and my response, even though he's heard me say it ten thousand times, is that symbols are always more, never less. Um, right. and, mm. and, and we have some of that in this passage. Um, are, are we going to need scandalous topics guy, Matt? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I always, I always <laughs> outkick the coverage, uh, for scandalous topics to Matt. Cause I, if, if one of us has to be canceled, uh, you know, <laughs> I get burned first. Uh, so <laughs> That's right. I, I tell you what, uh, Matt, Matt will totally go. Matt would totally go mocking Jay from Hunger Games. If we burn, <laughs> you burn with us. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. Um, Gandalf, I think you should read today. Uh, we're going to be Genesis twenty-four one through nine. So okay. just as a reminder of where we we left off, we just inhaled Genesis twenty-three last week, which is. Sarah's death and burial, Sarah, the mother of Isaac, husband, or excuse me, the wife of Abraham. And, well, and the week re- before, and the week before that, we had the genealogy that That's introduces right. Rebecca. Like we're, we're on the cusp of a generational shift in the story. That's right. So this is where we're picking up, up 
mom has passed away. Son now needs a wife. Daddy is going to bring us back to our good old buddy, Eliezer of Damascus. And probably, probably. He's not named in the text. Not, Allegedly. It's assumed here by many that this is who it is talking about. Yeah, I'm, I'm, in, the, I'm in the camp. Of, I'm in the Eliezer yeah. camp. Yeah, so, that's my official headcanon, is that it, we're talking about Eliezer again. There you go. So let's, let's look in verses 1 through 9, chapter 24. We are in the short rows of Abraham's life now. It's coming to a close quickly, and he's putting his house in order. Go ahead. All right, so this is Genesis 24, 1 through 9, as always from the ESV. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his household, who had charge of all that he had, put your hand under my thigh, that I may make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughter of the Canaanites whom I among whom I dwell, but will go to my country and to my kindred and take a wife for my son Isaac. The servant said to him, Perhaps the woman may not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I then take your son back to the land from which you came? Abraham said to him, See to it that you do not take my son back there. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house from the land of my kindred, and who spoke to me and swore to me, to your offspring I will give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife of my son from there. <laughs> I love that. That's a shout to Exodus. But if the woman was n- is not willing to follow you, then you will be free from this oath of mine. Only you must not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. Thank you. Uh, so, so clearly, this is a big thing. Like, we don't really practice oaths in everyday normal life. Uh, but mm. we do understand them, for instance, on like, in like the court of law. Like, putting someone under oath, and that breaking it you're committing a serious offense this thing that is taking place right here abraham is putting his servant under oath in order to make this happen uh nathan why do you think he's putting eliezer presumably here why do you think he's putting him under oath here by the way can we just agree my how the mighty have fallen eliezer has gone from named potential heir to unnamed servant securing a spouse for his heir. Um, (laughs) That's right. No, and I I don't don't want to make light of that. Eliezer is a very faithful servant in this passage, right? Right. Um, Why is he putting him under promise? Because it's a promise being made in light of a promise that God made. Right. Um, And also the very first phrase, right? Now, Abraham was old. Yeah. So Abraham, in other words, Abraham sending him off on this journey it's not lost on Abraham. I might not be alive by the time homeboy gets back. That's right. Mm. And so, and that'll, that'll go into the whole, how the oath is taken thing. We'll, we'll open that up. Um, but uh, again, I, I, after Genesis 22, after the, you know, the Akedah, the binding of Isaac passage, where the next generation is secured on the Isaac front, the very next thing that happens is that Rebecca is introduced to the story, right? We're on right. that shift. 
Then Sarah dies, and how does Genesis 24 begin? Abraham was old, well advanced in years. The the key contribution of Abraham to the story uh, in terms of agency and action is is done. He's he's passing the baton. He's you know uh, passing the torch, so to speak. Uh, and so he wants to do that the right way. And so he again, we, we've said this. He does not he does not bury Sarah in the land of her birth. He buries Sarah in the land of God's promise. Mm. And 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 you see the same implications when it's time to get a wife. For Isaac, you don't take her from among the Canaanite women. This is what Esau will get wrong uh, in the next generation. Um, this part potentially part of the you you know Isaac uh, uh, and Rebecca have Jacob and Esau. What's one of the reasons Rebecca might favor Jacob over Esau? Because because the servant went to the home country to get Rebecca. Esau right. takes his wives from in the land. From in the land. And yeah, it's we'll, it's we'll come it's to that it, later. In other words, there's a character in that action that is not consistent with the content of God's promise. And so mm-hmm. I, I do like when Abraham is passing this over, uh, presumably to Eleazar. Um, he he makes him take an oath in light of an oath that God already made to him. Okay, so Nathan, you kind of touched on it. Um, no pun intended. But, oh man! Oh, we're all right. It, it's let me let me ask let, let me ask the obvious question here. What is the significance? The thing that jumps out at me about this oath is that it's done by placing the hand under the thigh, which to me that I, like when I had to get the mortgage for my house from like the bank, I I just did a handshake. I didn't have to do any hand under business. the thigh. That, that's the fact. Yeah. But, like, why did this jump out at you, Gandalf? Like, what? Was because so- it's weird. That's why it jumped out. <laughs> right. uh, my question is, why are you asking me instead of scandalous topics, guy? <laughs> you know what? Um, You're absolutely right, Matt. What? What is? What's with the thigh? The only, the only hand that, the only thigh that my hand is going on is from KFC. And just like, and just, and just like that old N.W. Van Horn lived to podcast another day. Yeah, that, uh, that's, that's 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 right. So, okay, obvious. Why is it weird to you? Gandalf, like if you saw one man like touching another man's thigh and saying words to him that were fairly serious, would it look that's kind of an intimate that's kind of an intimate thing that you would not like engage in for like an oath, like for like, hey, I of this fetch quest, I need you to go and well, okay, so so let's let's talk about first of all, what is associated with the thigh? Like we're talking about the by the way, it can be understood as loins. Here now, it's, I mean, it's, once, it's the once, genitals. Once, okay. once, uh, once Gandalf. Wait, wait, what? Once Gandalf mentioned KFC, KFC, I just can't. Like, I'm, I'm stuck on chicken thigh. Um, <laughs> That's right. I didn't but, have lunch so, today. So, so, so hold on, hold on. Make sure I, I didn't miss this, Matt. Are you, you are saying that when it says hand under thigh. That's another word for that, genitals. Yeah, it could be. It could uh, be. Yeah. It could be a euphemism. So. Uh, you, there's the, there's back and forth on this, like everything, everything is debated because, you know, if you don't have new opinions, then you can't contribute. Um, right. But, uh, so you have some rabbis like Rabbi, uh, Ibn Ben Ezra says, Hey man, this is just a thigh. Uh, and for, for Ibn Ben Ezra, I think he's 12th century. Does that sound right? That sounds about right. Um, it's, it's long after Jesus. Yeah. Long after Jesus. But Ibn Ben Ezra says to put your hand under someone's thigh, literally, 
is and have them sit on your hand is a mark of submission. You cannot attack or defend yourself. Mm. Um, but I would say the majority see this not as literal language, but as a euphemism for touching the loins, the genitals. Right. And there's there's a lot of Old Testament evidence for that position, by the way. That's not just, oh, they're trying to be scandalous with the text. But so how, how yeah, do we get me, from making a really important promise to that? So just as a, a quick go to here for this is from gotquestions.org. This is a um, a good quick reference to biblical questions. Let's um, throw someone else under the bus. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Anyway, beep, beep. it says it says here and also there one of their sources here is the Holman Bible Dictionary. Um, so anyway, it says the thigh was considered the so- source of posterity in the ancient world, or more properly, the loins or the testicles. The phrase under the thigh could be a euphemism for on the loins. There are two reasons why someone would take an oath in this manner. Number one, Abraham had been promised a seed by God. Ding, ding, ding. This is literally, this is the, this is the heart of the matter. This is the locus of the promise. This, he has been promised Offspring, which spring forth from the well, one, and, and literally in the he, literally in the Hebrew, seed, zarah, yes. zarah, yes. So, and this covenantal blessing was passed on to his son and grandson. Abraham made his trusted servants servant swear on the seed of Abraham that he would find a wife for Isaac. Abraham had received circumcision as the sign of the covenant in Genesis seventeen ten. Our custom is to swear on the Bible. The Hebrew custom was to swear on circumcision, the mark of God's covenant. The idea of swearing on one's loins is found in other cultures as well. This was the this was the new part to me. Yeah, the English word testify is directly related to the word testicles. Dude, who knew? This is like that's that's the meaning to like the as long as I shall live, I will testify. I'm sorry. so now, now, now I'm doubly scandalized because yeah. you're fielding a you know weird topic that could get us canceled, and yes, you're trying to usurp Be being you. singing guy on the podcast. Yes, uh, in the words uh, of Michael Scott, I am Beyonce always. <laughs> <laughs> but however, um, I want I want to throw out some other information here is because the idea captured here is not swearing on a sexual organ. All right, we it's. It, it goes back to symbolism, Nathan. It's what we're talking about. Yeah. Let's well, I mean, this- and this is not as foreign as we make it. Like, that's uh, right. I think of like when you say the Pledge of Allegiance or you sing the national anthem, you put your right hand over your heart, right? right. Um, mm-hmm. Now, we know physiologically that the heart is not the emotional center of the body. That's right. It's however, however, when you are feeling heartache or you swell with a sense of pride and ownership, there is a physical sensation in your chest. And so what we know and what we experience, there's, there's an interesting relationship there. And so when we, make, uh, when we make a gesture of deep emotional feeling or commitment or authenticity, we put our right hand over our heart. Uh, this is like court. When people testify in court, they put their right hand on the Bible. And this is this harkens from a day and age uh, that, that seems to be slipping, where the Bible was recognized as a trusted source of truth. So you would not violate the truth by speaking uh, testimony that is not keeping in line with it. If, if for Abraham, the seed 
is the center of the promises. And again, this is the whole point of the circumcision thing. Right. Um, if the seed is the center of the promises, this is a symbolic act. This this is this is a, a very uh uh appropriate way to to mark this promise. So Gandalf, let me ask you something real quick. Okay. Um, this is hearkening back to early in the podcast. Uh early in the podcast, and I think we called it uh what was this episode? Genesis four one, I think it was the episode called Sexual Healing. And yeah, so Genesis chapter four. Did we really do one. that? Yeah. Yes, we did. We, that's we really oh, did. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah, that's right. We made it all this time. But when we talked about that, do you remember the premise of that episode was is that when a man and woman come together in intimacy? Oh, I remember that. That was episode twenty. That's right. They are being vulnerable with each other. Yes. I remember vulnerability and being it, a main and ex- main topic. And exposing the part of them that was covered once they left Eden. It was recapturing mm-hmm. the intimacy of the garden and the stark realities outside of the garden. There is a vulnerability that is being covered. And here, this hand on the thigh, whether it's through the clothes or under the clothes or whether it's just symbolic, um, it this is like sacred space here on a person. Man, I love like, that. Abraham's old and there's, in a sense, there's, in terms of promise fulfillment, in a sense, there's nothing left for Abraham to do. This is not making less of Eleazar. This is making more of Eleazar in a sense. Like he's not the promised heir but he does have an important role in seeing the promise move forward. Right. So so what's interesting is, oh, 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 by the way, the word detest is also connected to testify, testicles, and to oh de- detest something is to bear witness against or to curse or to hate one from the bottom, so to speak. That literally, I detest is that, from the the bottom of who I am as a man. That's, that's I, that I'm going to have to rethink my entire usage of the whole T-E-S-T word group. <laughs> I want to put out one more thing here, though. It's the whole idea that some believe that this action has the idea of calling one's descendants as, as, as the witnesses, witnesses yeah. to this promise or this oath that is being made. And see, I think that actually makes a lot of sense here. It does. It, because Abraham tells Eliezer, presumably, the servant, you're going to be free from this oath if you don't find a woman who is willing to come back with you. Like, Abraham has believed God's promise that God is going to give him a descendants, but not only does Abraham need a son for that to happen, Abraham, the son needs a wife. The son needs a wife. So this is Abraham swearing matchmaker, matchmaker, make that's, me a match. That's right. Um, but this is making the son, this is making the servant swear on descendants that will only exist if God's promises are true. I I, I love that, I love that. Um, go ahead, Gandalf. Edit me out there. Oh, I, I was just saying that that's a big act of faith from Abraham. Right. For sure. Yeah. You know, we, well, I, we are well, marveling I, against like what's actually happening here and what are they touching and what's going on. But like this has huge implications on the faith spectrum of this is this is even a greater like that the whole statement of when they went up on Mount Moriah. Hey, we're going to go up and worship and come back to you. 
This is Abraham saying, yeah, by the way, if you can't find a woman, you're free of the oath. But you know what? I'm believing God's promises. So I'm going to make you swear on my grandchildren that are only right. going to be there if you find a woman. Well, I like That's that. Huge. So it's 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 ground it's grounding Eleazar's present commitment and activity in a past promise that God has made and in the future descendants as represented by the loins. Yes. Um so it's like the present moment is bracketed by past and future considerations. I really like that. And that you see that a lot of places in the Bible. So now with all of this stuff swirling around in my head, thinking about testify in new ways now, but more so than that, it, raise your hand. If, if you're going to hear that Avalon song in your head for the rest of the day, <laughs> but, but Hey, let, I'm all for let's, this let's testify guy. by raising hands. Let's be moderns here. But here's, here's what I'm getting at. Nathan, I'm reading through the Bible this year in the New Living Translation, and there are several places where it talks about qualifications for Levites and qualifications for like access to the temple. And it talks, it seems really bizarre when you're reading Leviticus and it says, no one with crushed testicles can even go in to the sacred space. Nathan, do you think that somehow this is connected to that? I, that is the one of the first places my mind goes. Um, it's it's because of what does it represent? You know, we've talked so much about the Abraham family uh, doing what the Adam family failed to do, mm. and um, before things went wrong with the Adam family, again not the Adams family, but the, yeah, uh, but right. the Adam family. Before things went wrong with the Adam family, their presence on Earth was marked by fellowship with God in the garden. Uh, in the Abraham family, that will take its own form via the tabernacle and the temple, God's presence with them. Here's why it's so neat to me. Um, uh, two ways. One, God will ultimately tabernacle among his people in Jesus Christ. And after Jesus, one of the most interesting stories we have in the book of Acts is Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, uh, this is from the latter part of Acts chapter 8. The eunuch had gone up to Jerusalem to worship, and yet in his chariot he's reading Isaiah, and he can't understand it. Why can't he understand it? He's just been to Jerusalem. It's as hard to find a rabbi in Jerusalem as it is to find a doctor in the hospital. They're everywhere unless you can't go into the temple. That's right. But mm -hmm. uh, And but, also and he was a eunuch. That's it. And so what I love is um, what I love is his inability to go into the temple does not keep uh, the God of the temple from coming out to him. And he's mm -hmm. because the promised seed uh, picking up from what Paul says in uh, Galatians, uh, because the promised seed has come ultimately in Jesus climactically in Jesus, the eunuch is brought into the people of God. Like what's the qualification for him being baptized? If you believe with your whole heart that Jesus is the son of God, right? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. so I, I love the, I mean, there's, there's certainly, we, we, I need more time to chew on that and think about that. Uh, but there's certainly a, there's something there. Uh, right. Uh, edit that out. I said that very, uh, there's certainly something there. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And it just goes to show, as we say all the time, there's, there's more here, not less. And honestly, almost anytime you see something weird in the Bible, uh, there is a big reason for it. Um, yeah, and I just when I, I just want to hit on one thing we haven't touched. Um, and this is the the nature of the oath. 
how do you know who's an appropriate um, uh, spouse for Isaac to carry the promise forward? It's not only where she comes from, it's where she's willing to go. She's got to have a faith. She's got to have a faith similar to Father Abraham. She's got to be willing to leave her father's house yeah. and go to the land that God will show her. Don't you love that? Mm. The whole the wow. whole thing hinges on that. And Abraham trusted it's going to work out just fine because God made him a promise. Mm. And, and also, I do love that it's sneaked in there. Is that? And by the way, if this girl doesn't come back with you, uh, you're free of the oath. But don't let my son go back there. So nope. It's 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 even though he knows God is not going to default, he's like, let it be clear that Abraham's not going to default. <laughs> I know God's not going to default, and I'm not going to default either. So lodas lodas toujours lodas. Yes. So yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah. Well, hey, fun stuff and weird. And stuff just like that, the hand on the thigh stopped being weird. <laughs> that's right. Listener, this is your first episode. Um, let me assure you, this is actually how the whole how the whole podcast is. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And this is why the but, next time somebody stands up and says, "I'm going to say a testimony in church," you're going to chuckle under your breath and be like, "I listened to the better picture Bible." By the way, this is why this is why I'm so thankful for the podcast because uh, before the podcast, you know, you're you're fielding something like this, and I'm like, "All right, now, y'all y'all hear me out." And now, if I have to field something awkward, I'm like. Um, footnote, see episode 100 and whatever. Um, yeah, that's right. We talked we, about this. this. We talked so, about this. This is something that has come up several times as we've recorded the podcast. Sometimes we'll read something in the Bible and it seems so strange and weird. And it's it's not there to be shocking. We're not talking about it to be sensational. There's meaning here that's right. that we in the modern day would have overlooked. You yeah. Know? So... Listener, if you enjoy hearing these kind of things, then I urge you to like and subscribe to the podcast because we, we're every week, every Tuesday morning, we're releasing another 30-minute chunk of discussing the biblical narrative. And as we always say, it's more, not less. There's always a little bit more that you may have not seen previously. And that's uh, what we want to do here on the podcast. So please like, subscribe. Tuesday morning, we'll be here. Have a good week. See you next time. Shalom. Witnessing the silences and words are not enough.